Hi, and welcome to the Seven Elements of Wellness podcast. I'm Trisha Marcus. And I'm Lacey Wall, aka L-Dub. We are the creators of the Seven Elements of Wellness lifestyle routine, dedicated to helping you feel good more than you don't. The Seven Elements of Wellness are spiritual, mental, emotional, relational, nutritional, physical, and financial. And what we found is that we're all living these elements. It's how much attention are we giving each one. Because where your attention goes, your energy flows. When you combine them all and they flow together, it's powerful. This is personal development combined with an overall wellness program. After over 15 years spent on our own health and wellness journey and trying countless practices and modalities, we discovered it's not woo-woo, it's wellness. Woo-woo. Each one of us is on our own path, and what resonates with one might not resonate with another. The purpose of this podcast is to save you time, money, and energy by bringing you the knowledge and the tools that can help empower you and meet you where you're at. It's really a journey of self-love, a foundation to help you be the best version of yourself and let go of the version of you that tells you you're not. Learning to get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and just be. Let's go. Let's see how many days in a row we can flow. Welcome back to the Seven Elements of Wellness podcast. I'm here with Lacey Eldub. Lacey Wall, aka Eldub. And I am here with none other than the amazing Holly Hope. She is a master of sacred sound and an intuitive oracle. She's truly one of the most magical beings I've ever been around. Just being in her presence, I truly do learn something every single time. She lights me up and she makes me curious more than anything. She makes me curious. So Holly, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, I'm so (laughs) excited to learn from you. And I want to start off a little bit just with your journey. I want to start off, I, and we could go all the way back to childhood, but that would be a whole episode, I'm sure, unto itself. And I want to learn about all the things you're doing now. But I want to start, like, I met you five years ago, and you're probably 10 different versions than when I met you. So tell me, 10 years ago, Holly, where were you? So 10 years ago, I was actually homeless, um, which is funny because that's not a story I share all that often. So we had to get to the good stuff. But as my children remember it, we were permanently camping. And I had found myself there after years of doing healing work and having this sense of questioning things and diving deeper into what love really is and loving myself deeper and found myself suddenly single. And my husband had chose to leave our marriage for someone else. And it was a devastating blow. Um, I found myself in my closet because I had clothes all around and you had to go through two doors to get there. And I just laid in this dark space you know, having all the gifts and the tools that I had, nothing could even help me break through the grief that I felt and the loss of identity. And I would lay in that closet and just beg God to take my life. If I could just stay here, if I could just go like done, didn't work out, time to go. Well, he didn't. (laughs) And I'm like, dang it, I'm still here. And it was actually um, really beautiful because I had a drum and it was a drum that I had ordered um, from a dear friend at the time who painted something on it. And it was a synthetic drum, but it had a fierce lion on it. And I wouldn't even drum it because I just wanted to be in my sorrow. And then, you know, guilt kicks in because you pay a lot of money for something and you don't use it. And I remember one day I grabbed the drum and I held it up at my chest. And holding it up at my chest, I banged it. And it was like this boom. And I started to just sob. And I... And I created a routine where I would sob and bang my drum. I'm like, I'm going to bang this until I can feel like I can breathe again. Because I had no identity at that point. I didn't know what I was even here for, if I would ever be loved. You know, I was the perfect wife and mother. I was runner up for Mrs. Utah. Like (laughs) I knew my body fat percentage. Dinner was ready at five. And to have somebody come in and say, oh, you're amazing. But I have to go see what else is out there. And um, in my religion, I had the whole checklist and I couldn't find myself. But the thing I could find was in that beat, one breath, just one breath. And so every morning, some days I would cry and I would snot onto the frame of the drum and I would run around my house screaming and crying. And other days it was soft and somber and just like, oh, there it is. There's the breath. And it was so profound to me because that drum literally saved my life. And um, so 10 years ago, I was working with that drum and my kids and I, we'd we left the city we were in and I just needed a reset because I'm like, okay, I have my breath but I'm still not resetting. And so we 
when everything changes, sometimes you have to change everything. And so we had went and lived just outside of Zion um, at my sister's home that was for sale, fixed it up, kept showing it and it sold. And there was nowhere, we couldn't find anywhere to live. And I was in the middle of a custody battle. And so in our permanently camping state, we would find a cozy spot in the woods, take all of our possessions out, put them on top of the car, lean all the seat backs and us and the golden retriever would all fit in the SUV. And that was just our experience. And my kids even now look back at that and go, wow, I didn't realize how hard things actually were. And we ended up being completely guided to our little cozy cottage in Ivan's just outside of St. George. And then like a few years later is when I bumped into you and um, that spark started to reactivate and it reformed my entire world. Um, The gifts that I had before that were always like on mute became to be expanded that way. And um, yeah, that's when I realized uh, the deep power of actually healing with sound. And I just dove all in it. Like as much as I can get, as much as I could share that, because we live in a world where so many of us have a similar story and we don't know who we are and we don't know where we're going. We don't know how to get the pain to stop. And sometimes it just has to be moved. And um, so that's kind of how I where I was 10 years ago. Um, And then with that and extensive work, I just continue to expand and I open my healing practice bigger and larger and just more filled with all of the things that I had learned in my painful times. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I was 10 years ago. I thought that's really cool. Yeah. Cause we're coming up on a 10th year now. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I just ran into a friend the other day and your name actually popped up and she was sharing on her healing journey. And she was telling me about how much you unlocked in her sexual healing through the drum and then she actually wrote a book about it and wrote a documentary about it right? <laughs> that's how profound it was and so I imagine you have so many stories of healing and that you've been able to facilitate others healing and being able to wake up and remember and push past that fear I personally myself I'm on this journey right now of learning how to tap into my feminine when I mm-hmm. think of you I think that's what I think of mm-hmm. as helping people tap into their divine. I'm reading a book. I'm sure you've read it. Pussy. Yeah. Oh, yes. not even say the word. Okay? <laughs> power. I'm like constantly, pussy okay, power. pussy power. <laughs> I once got fired for saying the word pussy. You did. You did. Do you want to hear that story? Yes. Yeah, let's tell that story. So there is a treatment center um, that did a type of recovery and it wasn't necessarily addiction recovery, but they were recovering from catastrophic illness or just being in a funk and not living your essence. And they'd bring in uh, lots of therapists and they'd get medication managed. They would bring in acupuncturists and energy healers and Reiki workers. And part of my practice was in their 21 day program, they would bring me in for a drum ceremony. And so we would come in and I would intuitively help them find what was blocking and what that core piece was that was affecting every area of their life. And I had a particular woman and I had a specific drum like in my bag. And I'm like, oh, this one. So I put the drums out and I let people select which one they feel called to. But I had one that actually the tie in the center. So the drums are made on a ring, a hoop. Anciently, they were sieves, which is what you sift grain through. And then they would take those grain sieves and they would wrap them in rawhide. So you have a handle on one side and it's a big hoop. And um, this particular one, um, as I was tying her, she formed this vulva right in the center, bright red, pinky vulva, different <laughs> shades and everything. And I was like, that is the pussy drum. <laughs> and so this woman, you know, and I don't know anything about the people when I'm there. And so she grabbed it and then everybody's asking what each of the drums mean. And I, so I looked at her and I was like, and you, my dear, have the pussy drum. And you could just feel her. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable with that. And I said, that probably means that there's some trauma that you're moving through and rebuilding your relationship with your body. Your, I call it the pussy portal because mm. it is the portal of life and creation and bliss go. and pleasure and all of the cosmos dance through that. And so I'm like, mm. depending on how deep we can go, because <laughs> I love to talk about this um, because it was a side that was so shamed of me. And actually, oh, yeah. I've been sexually violated in my past. And so it took a lot of work for me to be so comfortable in my body to even talk about it, let alone tell their people to say things like pussy. Mm-hmm. And in her healing, I, I can't remember all of the details because when I'm tuning into spirit and I'm channeling, Holly's there, but she's very much just kind of listening. And I try not to remember that way it can clear. And she, she, in the middle of her drumming, she's like, pussy power. <laughs> yes. And she made a drum as part of that ceremony and inside big red letters, 
pussy power, like at the width of the drum, so big that you could not miss it. And she had such a sacred healing experience because she had always been shamed of that part. She had been violated. And that was something that she had tried to work on. And consciously in her mind, she'd worked on it so much. But until she fully claimed it, the rawness, the messiness of the femininity, you know, I mean, if you've ever taken a mirror down there, like it looks like a little alien thing. Like I remember when I first looked at mine, I was like, that is so weird. And people love that. They like to look at, they like to put certain body parts on that and like, you know, other things with it. I was just like, that's so gross. That's so weird. But to really claim that and let ourselves have that and own that as part of us. And I get a call the next day. The owner, um, the director is livid. And I'm in my truck and I have my, my truck's red truck. Everything's red. Um, <laughs> even my hair. That's why it's just, it's, it's a just thing. Fiery. It's just a thing. Um, and so I'm in my truck and I'm with one of the practitioners that I've been training and mentoring and she's assisting me. Her name's Paula. And I get this call and I'm on my way up to Pine Valley. I'm about to lose service. So I take it and I get reamed. He's like, it was completely inappropriate. You need to learn appropriate use of names for genitalia. And did you actually tell a woman to say pussy and you have a drum after your vagina? And I was like, vulva, the vagina is the part on the inside. But yes, but yes, I do. And I didn't apologize for anything. Like my instant, my own unhealed parts and my old traumas, you know, tried to kick in and go, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and I did, I did say, you know, I am sad that people felt that way. And in the moment, that's what spirit directed me to say for her. And I will happily say what I said for one person then people please entire room of men with little dicks. Mm. <laughs> I didn't say the little dicks part to him, but I did say it after I got the phone to Paula. <laughs> we have a term for that called meep, yeah. and it's the pinky is extending. Mm-hmm. Um, no body shaming of those men, but like <laughs> if you owned your own essence, you wouldn't be shaming a woman for claiming hers. Mm. Right. And I, I get off the phone and I'm like, I just got to sit with this. But basically he let me know I was fired and he wanted me to formally apologize and all of these things. And I'm like, well, I'm losing service. Convenient. But honestly, losing service. And so um, he said he'd send me a formal release. And it was like, I, I suggest you think th- seek therapy. Um, wow. Yeah. like, And I had practiced with them for two years. He had sat in on my sessions. He saw my work. And so like the fact that I had this rapport and it was just gone like that. I'm like, I brought pussy drums before we've said pussy before, but this one, um, and it was really funny because afterwards I had said to some of the ladies that were assisting me, you know, I feel like it's time for me to pass this on. I feel like I'm not supposed to be here anymore. And then the next day, there we go out. So I get up to the site in Pine Valley where we were supposed to arrive and we were doing a drum ceremony for women. And I'm unloading my truck and I've got my big drums and I have a woman run up to me. She's like, Holly, Holly, wait, I know you need to unload and we will absolutely help you unload. But I heard you can help women pee standing up. Can you teach me? (laughs) This is great. I can't believe this is coming up right now. (laughs) You'd be surprised at how many times I've had this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, so your urethra is here and you actually just pulled the skin, you know, and she's like, wait, right here. And she's like here. And I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not your urethra. And so I'm like explaining what the vulva is in detail and saying the skin. So it looks like this. And so I start explaining and then I just stop mid-sentence and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I look over at Paula and I'm like, go where you are celebrated, not where you're tolerated. This room is literally asking me to have them all say pussy and pee standing up and teach them of their body. They're begging for it. They're willing to unload my truck for me in exchange for that. And they did. They helped me unload down the rocky side. And we had the most beautiful feminine healing ceremony. Um, We end up ending with each woman having a hand on her heart and a hand on her sister's womb space. Um, you know, just below her belly in a circle as we drummed and we cleared a lot of sexual trauma and goosebumps just even <laughs> saying it. And it was just so profound. So the next day when I showed up and Mr. Meep was there, um, I was able to show up in a completely different space of I was reminded of who I am and who I am not. And I will not bend or people please. And I'm I'm more worried about what spirit <laughs> directs me to do than what the director of this directs me to do. And so it was a really painful thing for the human part of me and for my heart to feel like somebody didn't find value in something so deep. And it's funny because the woman with the pussy drum 
she had a private session later. <laughs> and so, but not through the facility. So, yeah. Well, Ooh. it looks like that experience just catapulted your pussy power. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. I mean, it wouldn't have been the same. That, that, that wouldn't have been the same, that experience for her, mm -hmm. for everyone involved. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. You, when you said before the 10 years, you had worked on a lot of personal growth and a lot of self-love and a lot of healing. Your first book is called The Death of self-love excuse why self-love is fucking stupid <laughs> i got in trouble for that too <laughs> i'm sure I'm, I'm getting to the point where i'm just using these words so <laughs> tell me tell me tell me all about this because we you know this is what we do self we do self-love and we're all about uh personal development and growth as an awareness tool mm -hmm. and so tell me what brought you to write a book on that with that title um, it was actually my brother's daughter she just recently had her 14th birthday. He he just recently had his 14th birthday and chose to identify as a male. So I'm working on those words. So he listens. I'm working on it because I love him so much. But as a child, um, seven years old, um, witnessed my mother passing away. Um, she had a sudden heart attack, fell down the stairs, and my family was there at the time. And she ended up developing alopecia areata, which is a such a rare disease because it's an autoimmune disease where your body will attack the hair follicles as if they're foreign. And it can only come through if you have the DNA indicator from both parents and then a stress activator. So a few weeks after my mother had passed away, all this hair started falling out. Um, and it was heartbreaking, you know, a seven-year-old to suddenly not have any hair. And that was their favorite comfort was twirling the hair. So in this, um, it was so inspiring because we did a fundraiser and I wrote the book to get wigs. And I got this beautiful pink one and I got all of these different colors and she got to, he got to try them all. And allowing that beauty of you, you can still feel beautiful. We're going to make this. And the community came together. And so I wrote the book as a fundraiser for that. So the proceeds from that book are still being donated to the National Aerated Alopecia Aerated Foundation. But in that, I was able to witness so much because we got the wigs and then running around twirling hair and feeling all pretty and then came up and said mom I really like this but can I just be myself now and took off the wig and I was like oh I love this like oh, that's even yes. better than what the book said but so I didn't update on the book because mm -hmm. I love that piece but the book is mostly about we seek this self-love or like if I just love myself more if I just got more selfish if I just if I just put myself first and you need to not trigger me and you mm -hmm. need to not make me upset and then I will love myself before I'm asserting boundaries and I'm like that's actually selfishness but then there's the other side of oh I'll put everybody first and I'll call it <laughs> I'll call it selflessness and it's actually now you're literally seeing everybody's needs are over your own so I use a term called self-careness where it's like I give myself exactly what I need and things spill over and even when we think of the deepest parts of ourselves we're trying to love it but love is so distorted like I was taught from a very young age, people who love you hurt you. So always fall in love with people who are going to be violent in some form and then show you how much they love you. And it was a program that ran very deep or, you know, do verbal abuse and then tell you, oh, I didn't mean it it's just because you're so important to me and believe those things. And so when we look at ourselves, we all have flaws. We all have things we don't love about ourselves. You're never going to love every part of yourself. But you do love yourself because if a bus is coming, you move because you want to have self-preservation. Oh, I love myself enough to keep me here. And so um, when I worked with this for myself personally, what I realized one day was oh, it's about self-acceptance, accepting all the flaws. Even the parts I don't like about myself are my greatest strengths. Like my absolute, like it's really interesting because when I was a kid, I you know, my sister made fun of me. She called me cow mouth because I have a big mouth and I have a big tongue. And she's like... Hey, <laughs> and so she called me cow tongue. And recently I was at a retreat and we were supposed to embody a goddess of some form and Holly Ma came through. So here I am <sighs> with this big, huge tongue the whole time. And I was like, oh, take that cow tongue. It was for a purpose. <laughs> but I even look at it now and I'm like, well, I have a lot to say. And the pe thing people remember about me is my big smile and my red hair. And so I'm like, it is a sign that this big mouth is meant to have a lot of stuff come through. So I'm grateful for the big mouth. It also means I can take really big bites and I can eat 
big food. But it doesn't mean that I love that about myself all of the time, but I have accepted it and I found that it's a strength. Um, A lot of times we have things like, for me, one of my things that I had that I really, really worked with was being a perfectionist. I had this perfectionism piece and that's in that book too. And, And I got really good at seeing what was wrong and hypercritical of myself. So I could look at that as a flaw. How could I ever love myself if I'm so hypercritical? And if I'm so hypercritical of everyone else, then how can I ever love this? Well, let's accept it. And then as soon as I accepted that piece, it was like, oh my gosh, I can call people on energy distortions out like that. I can see where something can become better. I can see what's missing. And because of that hypercritical skill that I've developed, it's now a superpower and it's one of my greatest strengths. And so all of the things that we don't love about ourselves have the potential to be a superpower, to be a super strength. That's why we have them. But that acceptance piece is where it comes in. Okay, these are the tools I have. How am I going to use it? And then it becomes something that we actually do feel warm, fuzzy feelings toward, but only because it's about self-acceptance, not searching for self-love. That's what's up. <laughs> what's We're up? like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hell yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, books. What is your, uh, your next book that's coming out, which we can pre-order now? Yes. Is The Sacred Healing Drum, Divine Healing Wisdoms of the Feminine Sound and the Earth. <laughs> Oh, I purr. It's a thing I do. I, I like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> it's because I do sound therapy. I can make all the sounds I want. <laughs> Tell me about this book. Oh, so this book, um, so a lot of times people are experiencing a drum ceremony or even a drum circle, which is very different, and they feel this activation, kind of like when I had the lion drum and I would drum and I could find my breath, but they wouldn't understand how it worked or why it worked. It's like, I don't know, I just bang it and I feel better. And so it's bringing the wisdom of the science behind it. So how the drum can assist with the mind. Um, Scientifically, it's been proven to increase cognitive function, to increase white brain matter, help with memory, all of those things. Um, There's even studies right now being done on Alzheimer's and dementia and cancer cells and looking at sound and its frequency. So it shares in there those pieces, but also what it does emotionally to the body, the spiritual connection. And then it's filled with stories of people have had these sacred, profound miracles through the drum healing. As I have goosebumps, I'm like, ah, spirit bumps. And and it illustrates some of the experiences that I've been able to witness. And also some other people have written some stories to include as well. And it talks about the body and how to use them. So it's like a little guide of how to work with the drum. So it, it becomes a sacred practice for you. And it can actually move things, whether or not you're by yourself or with a group. So... Yeah, that's a much needed tool. I could see that totally. This is the time for that to come forth. So beautiful. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I want to shift a little again because you just got back. Where did you just get back from? And you have been working a little bit. Mary Magdalene. I'm like, wait, where did I just go? (laughs) You're you're all over. She's always all over the world. But Um, I went to a watchtower retreat, yes. which is uh, Mary Magdalene embodiment. And then I went directly from there to Mexico. So it was kind of, for me, it's all one because mm-hmm. I never really left ceremony. Um, it was really beautiful to see how many, cause there was 41 women total oh. all in a house, but you know, the main chandelier in the house had selenite. So I was like, we're in the right place. And they were teaching and working with rituals of Mary Magdalene. Um, There was some study of distortions and um, what she is and what she isn't. Like she's known as being this harlot and this prostitute that Christ just took pity on and oh, I'll forgive you. But um, it was deeper into the embodiment of she was actually an anointer of Christ and she was an activator and she was very much a healer and very much part of the conduit that allowed a lot of the miracles to be performed with Yeshua. And we were able to dive into ceremony and do all kinds of magical rituals and um, really learn and connect with her beautiful essence. For me personally, I feel like Mary Magdalene has been coming through for several years. And the more I've been studying, you know, in preparation for going to this, I studied extra and I pulled out my old books and I studied them again and again. And I found that she's always been there with me. Like all of her symbols are symbols that I work with that I didn't even know were related to her, like the serpent and, you know, the color red. And I'm like, oh, 
well, that fits. <laughs> so the Watchtower, there's a documentary being filmed, right? Yes. As well about a, her. A documentary With Ruby Chase, right? Mm-hmm. Which we just... At oh, Ian on Fire. Ruby Chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ian on Fire that, that you connected with. Experience. Mm-hmm. You were um, amazing at Ian, by the way. Thank you. Incredible. Mm-hmm. That was a fun experiment. Yeah. There's a <laughs> healing festival here at Southern Utah, the first of its kind, called Ian on Fire. And Holly was... Gosh, you did the whole opening number, these huge fire and chains and silk dancers <laughs> and drummers. It was a production. It was beautiful. And what a way to start out yeah, the whole. Energy was on point. It just really set the tone for what we were to experience the, mm-hmm. the entire weekend. So it was Thank beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, and a part that people don't know about that is it was actually an attunement as well. So the words oh. that were spoken were words that I wrote. Um, it was a poetic piece. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> children and know. that is on YouTube. You can listen to the audio and the tuning. Um, it doesn't have the fire dancers, but there is fire pictures. <laughs> um, but when we first started, it was, uh, we were going to originally do a sacred drum ceremony and then all these other things came in and it, it was as the feminine does, wait, I want everything and I want to change it 15 times. And even the words that I wrote were rewritten three different times, like scratched the whole thing. And they were done in a transmission style. So the intuitive oracle piece comes out. And I was looking at whose story are we going to tell? And I'm like, ah, oh, whose story? Whose story? And then one day it was like, really, Holly? I'm like, oh, it's my story. And so I worded it in a way to walk the path that I had walked Um, moments of pain and chains and feeling stuck and abandoned and alone. And then that spark comes and then we get pummeled again. (laughs) And then we get a little bit more churning of passion and desire for things to be different. And then we come back with bigger than a spark and moving it forward until we're all ablaze and we claim ourselves. And um, with those words, when the words are spoken, there are actually tuning forks that are being played that I recorded with my beautiful brother. Uh, I can't remember his stage name. Rufio. Okay. Rufio. (laughs) He is an amazing master of sound, DJing and um, musician and uh, artist. He's just phenomenal. And we timed things and we recorded things and it was always on point. Like it would Mm. match the tracks exactly without even having to edit it. And it was just like, this is so profound, like a spirit driven piece. And the intent behind it was that there could be an experience where people can let the things that churn up when you gather a hundred thousand or hundred or a thousand, there wasn't a hundred thousand people. (laughs) That would have been a different experience (laughs) or maybe the same. Um, But when you gather a huge amount of people, we all compare and things come up. And so the intent there was to let that rise, speak it out, talk to it, recognize it, and then move it. And so that's kind of what we did. And with the collaboration, I mean, the fire dancers were just phenomenal and they brought all their own um, beautiful magic and it was just yeah. a matter of blending pieces together and it was so fun to create very tedious but every statement that was made in those audios had a visual and a sound that went with it so you could hit all the parts of your body your mind your physical body and then your energetic and emotional body mm-hmm. so you could actually clear something so there was an actual clearing that took place there and resetting so that people could get closer to that source of themselves mm. so yeah yeah, it that was, was something. Was yummy. We'll yes. put the link. We'll yeah, put the all link. the links will be in there mm-hmm. for sure. Whenever I need a pep talk, I listen to it still. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember who I am. OK, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> so you still forget who you are. Yeah. That makes me feel well <laughs> so much better. <laughs> I, think we all do. <laughs> I, I swear it's one of those things you feel like you got it. And then it's like, really, all of a sudden you lose consciousness a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. But that's why I think it's so amazing that we all have each other to remind yeah. each other too. So thank you for the reminder. Of course. The awareness, <laughs> the awareness is there in all directions. Mm-hmm. And when you can see, because you were talking about that, being able to see and then laugh at yourself, like own that, like you were saying, that's where I'm at now. It's just like being able to see it is so freeing. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then you have that free expression. And Well, and if we think of like really deeply into like, quantum thoughts and the cosmos and all that. I mean, we have to forget who we are to even exist here. Yeah. And sometimes it's more than others. And sometimes, you know, the more activated we get, the more we're getting to ascension that everybody says, well, not, I shouldn't say that statement. It's not true. (laughs) Ascension that a lot of people say they're seeking. If you've ascended, you wouldn't still physically be here. And we forget that we are these cosmic God beings that aren't a lower vibration by being human. We're the higher vibration because we're able to be human. We're able to play in this Maya, this illusion. And so allowing ourselves the space to forget who we are sometimes is actually how we're able to still be here. 
Otherwise, we'll be like, yeah. here I go. I'm ascended master now. Bye, y'all. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like the it's duality, pendulum, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Like, I, I see it as a game now and fun. It's like, yes. I'm oh, like, I'm thank you. Thank you for choosing this for six years. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see now how I could change it and, and, and make it and choose a different choice now. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm creating this. This is really cool to see through this this moment of friction. Yeah. But just, just remember good. that we're never getting, we're never there. It's a constant flow. And it's beautiful. What advice would you have for someone who's trying to tap into their feminine? There's a lot of women out there, including me, that I have been in my masculine energy. And the outside might look feminine to most, but really, truly been living in that. And a lot of that's fight or flight and same, you know, going through a divorce, being on my own, changing religion, all of the things <sighs> has put me on this like I'm in, in, in control. I have to control everything. And so it's not, you know, people are like, oh, just dress more feminine. Just no. Really, what is femininity and how do you step into that divineness? That's a really good question. I'm like, I could go like five different ways with this one. Um, well, even a thought this morning that I had, like as I'm like getting ready for my day. Um, so I wake up and then I go get my tea and I have my tea in my bed and I see this like beautiful starburst. And I'm like, oh, starburst. And it's like, we have things to do, masculine Holly brain. And I'm like, yeah, but look, there's rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my feminine is very much like a seven-year-old girl. Like she likes to play and be a little silly, be a little messy. She throws a fit sometimes. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll get out of bed. And then I notice I'm like, mm, but my blankets are so cozy. And then I like kind of played in my blankets for a minute and I'm like stretching and I'm moving. And I kind of just had this thought of awareness of like, this is really weird. What are you doing right now? And I'm like, I'm just being, and I really love, I'm in the space that I can just, oh, my body wants to move this way. And my body wants to roll around in my sheets. And I don't necessarily need a partner to roll around in my sheets. Cause that's a whole different energy. And I'm like, I'm just playing with life. I'm just playing with this feminine essence. And so in that feminine essence, it's the playful piece. It's the creative piece. And a lot of us have been distorted in what masculine and feminine is because yeah. the running kids to school, the managing schedules and dinner and all that is actually a masculine role. But society has taught us that's a woman's role. So that's, you know, once we get aside from that, but the feminine is the creative change. So the areas where you are creative, um, where you are artistic, um, where you're allowing yourself to be expressive. If you're dancing and it's freestyle, but if it's conformed dance, that's more of a masculine, but the freestyle dancing for me, it's a lot about letting the ugly show because we've been programmed that women are to be beautiful. And so even when we dress feminine, like when I lived my life before the last 10 years, I wore a pencil skirt and heels almost every day. My hair was coiffed perfectly smooth. I would have tons of hairspray. And then I was telling Lacey before we started, I was like, yeah, and now my hair is ratty and wild, like literally every day. And most days I don't even brush it. And I love it because it was shamed for being ratty. And it was like, you need to look perfect if you want to be loved. And it was like, no, actually, I want to be as wild and as much me as I can be and let that part be loved. And if you don't like it, good. You wouldn't have loved me anyways. Go. Shoo. And so that permission to erupt whatever needs to erupt. If I want to purr, I'm going to purr <laughs> randomly. And people say, You're, the sounds you make. And I'm like, it's because I'm in expression. And the feminine is that expressive piece. And so even just wearing clothing that feels good to move, not necessarily that looks good on your body and makes it look formed. And there's so many layers to this because the programming and the controlling and conforming has been so limited and squashed that we forget what the feminine actually is. But the first step is to allow yourself to start discovering who you are. Like, what are the weird things that I like to do? Like when no one's around and I do, I kind of think I'm a little crazy for doing. That's your feminine coming out. Like, would people judge me right now if they saw this? That's your feminine coming out and you should do that. <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. It was like, um, you get to find your feminine for you. I love that. I was mm -hmm. just thinking that. Yeah. You can throw a dress on me. And I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands, but, but I am the most feminine person you'll meet. And, and it's, it's funny because I'm way more feminine than, than Trisha's and we're kind of flip floppy there, but we also, we all obviously have both, but it's more, I'm definitely more, more feminine on the feminine side, but I'm still exploring that because like the other things that people say are feminine, I'm kind of like, that's not me either, but I can tell, I just haven't discover them yet but I'm gonna pay more attention now that you say that yeah. to what my what my feminine how my feminine expresses yeah there's a big difference between what is society's womanhood expression yeah. and femininity and that's where we get 
right. confused. Um, the feminine is the intuitive, the creative, the flowing, the emotional, the lunar, where the masculine is the solar the structure, the form, and we need both. And yeah. no matter how much, you know, whether we're women or men, we both need both. And a lot of even our partnerships are, well, I'm so masculine and you're so feminine, so we'll become one. But it's like, or we can both be masculine and feminine and you're masculine and feminine and now we become two or yeah. even 11 is how I like to look at it because it's two people standing next to each other. Mm. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, for a visual, if you put both fingers next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So yeah, that creative expression. And for me too, I think the energy of femininity comes out when I'm trusting, when I'm like surrendering mm -hmm. and trusting to that, like my path is where I feel more instead of trying to control outcomes. <sighs> Those are the two, for me, the biggest shifts, I think. Yeah. I think you said their conditioning is like, I feel like after, for me, like after five years, I'm finally <laughs> getting to see how conditioned I have been. So Well, and the feminine loves to create. And if she doesn't have anything to create, she creates chaos so she can fix it. And that's when the masculine comes in and says, okay, I'm going to create chaos because I didn't get anything. I, I think a lot of it, like, you know, if, if you're thinking of receiving raw ingredients and you're creating something like, let's say a meal. So I'm receiving raw ingredients and I go to the pantry and there's like some beets, some pickles, <laughs> you know, some old beans. I'm going to make something, but I'm not going to be really expressive and happy in what I'm making versus somebody showing up saying, oh, look at all this yummy food I bought. We should make something. Ooh, I have all I need. I have all this abundance. I'm going to receive that abundance. And now I'm going to create something delicious and then share it. And we celebrate it because the feminine never wants to hold power. She wants to disperse it. She wants to create and disperse. And then once it disperses, she wants to create again. Like if we talk about like the pussy portal and, you know, those of us who have uteruses, like that's what it's for, where the masculine energy is the giver and the activator. So, you know, and I'm going to be very biological for a minute where like you literally take the sperm, the activator, all the creation and all the ingredients are there, but then we need to receive that piece and then life is formed. So it's that way with all of the feminine and masculine, something is formed, but if there's nothing to create, if we don't create chaos, then we create depression because we're suppressing ourselves. We're suppressing that desire to create. And I know me, I love my creative side, but I also love my activating side. So I love when I can go in my masculine and be like, hey, I'm going to penetrate you with some energy right now. Boom, <laughs> go make a baby. And they do. <laughs> you know, and when I teach, I know, I you know, no apologies. This is my expression. No way, I love I'm it. like, and I've even said that like, oh, you ready for me to penetrate you with some ideas? <laughs> and then they go and they run with it and then they go create. But you need ingredients. You need to be able to receive. And that's also why so many of us have a hard time filling in our feminine because we don't let ourselves receive. So we're like, I will activate, activate, activate. Oh, wait, I gave everything away. And now I can't create. Mm. And then we get stuck. And then we get depressed and then we just shut down. We're like, no, I don't need to create anything. I'll just play with what everybody else has and regurgitate for a while. And now we're eating vomit. This is great. <laughs> no, but I'm fine. I'm fine. On the outside, I look beautiful and I look conformed and I have my shit together with my stilettos. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> She's like, I have all I've seen are energy dicks and stilettos now. I don't know. Energy, energy babies. We're great. I love it. Speak relationships. I've seen some of the most beautiful posts on relationships that you have written, if I'm talking on social media, and I've recently seen a beautiful meme that was like, you will learn more through relationships than you will from any journey, retreat, shamanic experience, <laughs> whatever. You will learn more about yourself in a relationship. I'm about to like give a finger Ooh. to my spirit guides right now. <laughs> really? Well, last week I had a nice experience. Um with relationships, you know, and I am currently a single independent woman, you know, so I always laugh when people are like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to come to your couple retreat. And then a husband's like, why am I going? Why are the awakened women single? It's like because we know what we will and won't tolerate. Mm. But we're also willing to activate everything within us. Mm. So I don't use, like to using the term triggered because I feel the word triggered tells people you have to be careful of how you treat me. Yeah. It's not a boundary. It's letting people know that you choose to remain in victimhood and trauma. So I like the term, the unhealed parts of me. Yeah. So I have activated unhealed parts. And when we have these activated unhealed parts, it causes us to want to run, fight, flight, freeze, um, to go into old patterns. And a lot of us find that we get comfortable, you know, after having toxic relationships, we're like, oh, alone is so much easier. And every time I've been at that point, spirit has said to me, hey, you got some stuff to heal. You've healed all you can heal on your own. You ready? You're ready. You can sit no, but I recommend you say yes. And so I've said yes to partnerships that I really, I really loved being in and I loved feeling loved and I loved all of the things. And then 
of course, pain comes and then you realize the lessons and the unhealed parts and you work through those. And um, it's really interesting because recently someone I'm just recently dating, um, we ended up having a communication. We call them fish communications or fish. Yeah, because there's a story there. Mostly on we're ordering fish and who wants fish versus who doesn't want fish at a retreat. So we had this fish communication instead of miscommunication um, because it wasn't that either one was wrong. But it's like, oh, but that wasn't quite what both of us were trying to communicate. And we both were talking about something different. And in it, I had received a message that, you know, it was kind of like, I want more of a casual, like pushback. Um, I, I don't really want a lot of time with you, you know, is how I took it. And I was like, well, bye. And I'm like, nah. and I was just in my emotions and I'm feeling it and I'm, I'm not even able to express it. And I love communication. I'm pretty good about expressing how I feel, but this one threw me. And it's literally the day before our retreat. And every retreat, I channel the energies and insecurities. So I'm like, okay, I'm recognizing that this is also energy. And I'm recognizing that there's an unhealed part that came up. And so we had a conversation because he's like, I don't think we're communicating. Can we work on words and have a conversation? And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so we have the conversation and I said, you know, I have this unhealed part that's activating. And the unhealed part that I'm seeing is men come in. They absolutely love everything about me. They're so enamored. They're like, yes, this person, you're the one, you're the most amazing ever, you know? And then, oh, never mind. You're going somewhere. I don't really want to go. I didn't really, I didn't really want to evolve at the speed and the craziness that you do. They don't ever call me crazy, but I interpret it as that. And so I have this conversation with him and I, and I couldn't even form my words, but I'm like, I just want to run right now. I'm, I'm like breaking up. Like, I'm, I'm done. You don't want time with me. I'm not interested in being like a side piece. That's just, no. I have plenty of things to do. I don't need that. <laughs> and in that, it was so clear that this unhealed part of abandonment was coming up. And he's like, I'm not good at my words. But all I can say, and he grabs my cheeks and he's just like, don't run. I want you to stay. And I'm not communicating what I feel, but I don't want you to run. And I was like, okay, I'm going to explore what it is to stay. And, um, you know, even just that little piece that, oh, maybe my distortion is off. And so then he's like, I really want to know what I said to make you feel this way, though. Like, what words can I use differently? And so I'm like, oh, I'll tell you. It's so obvious. And I pull out my <laughs> phone and I pull up his text and then it hit. And I looked at him and I'm like, I'm not going to apologize because this is for everyone's good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's literally no words you use to indicate what I took your message as. Mm. And I'm now reading it and I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I took that that way. But that's what had to be activated. And so when we're in relationships, the reason we're choosing in them is to heal. It is to evolve. It is to move forward. It's to have somebody care enough to still want to figure their own stuff out and allow us space to figure our stuff out. Because if I could be alone in my room, wiggling through my covers, making animal sounds, being weird all day long... (laughs) And that's not going to hit that I feel like I'm never wanted from a core level. I mean, obviously, I'm wanted in so many areas and I worked so hard. But, you know, this is in our DNA. This is in ourselves. This is our childhood traumas coming out. And we are offered relationships as a conscious choice so that we can evolve. And there's so many relationships that I have people coming to like, I've been married for 20, 30 years and I don't want to be here anymore. But there's no abuse. I'm like, but is there love? Is there evolution? Are you becoming better by being with this person? And all relationships grow to completion, every single one. And usually we hope for that it's at death because when we leave this body, we'll probably cosmically still play and be in a relationship, but it's going to change. And in the physical, it can change in a day. Like I've had some relationships. It was literally like, oh, I just met you and this relationship is complete. Thanks for the information. I now know who I am more deeper. (laughs) And other relationships may be for a period of time. And it's the biggest challenge we have is that something is wrong with us if a relationship ends. Something is broken in us if we find ourselves with a revolving door of random men that come through, which is sometimes how I bully myself at times like Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh, this new person's coming. Oh, yeah, he's the one who did. No. Oh, he's the one who did. 
no, yep, your aunt has a revolving door of men and it is a new person, <laughs> you know, and it it's not a revolving door of men, but like even them asking about two different men, I'm like, oh, now it's a third. And, you know, yeah. well, it's been a year's time, but still for them, that's like, we're not really sure. And so that's that label of judgment. So I'm like, I get to look at this judgment and how do I feel about allowing each of the relationships to come to completion when they're ready? Um, the really cool part is the same relationship can come to completion and die in rebirth many times. I had this client once who had said to me, I've been married for 20 or 30 something years. I can't remember the number now. And she's like, I've been married to four different men in that time. And I was like, I gave her a puzzled look for just a second. I was like, uh, she's like four different, same physical man, but four different men. The first one, we were young, impulsive, you know, we got pregnant before we got married. And so we kind of had that one. And so there's some bitterness in there. And then he became an alcoholic and I had that man for a while. And then he ended up getting in a tragic accident and his body is now half metal and he had all these horrible things happen and he couldn't be taken care. He couldn't take care of himself and she had to take care of him and it shifted. So now she's his caretaker. And then she's like, and now I have the best version of him ever, which is a soulful man who's connective, emotionally available and understands. But it's through each of those times where they had a death and a rebirth. And, you know, there's even infidelity that was in there and to allow each of those to die and be reborn and um, something new to be created. And so at the time when our partner is no longer activating those unhealed parts and no longer activating growth and activating even joyful expansion, then we know that that relationship has come to a completion and it's time to either evaluate and look at that. Um, because if we still care about each other, then that means there's still a potential that you can have that. But then again, if there's unhealthy relationships, then it's just going to stop and you're creating more toxicity because you're receiving toxicity. And so we receive toxicity when we don't even know that we're receiving it to create it. And that's mm -hmm. where that like chaos and what are you receiving? So I love relationships. I love feeling open to all the possibilities. And so for me personally, I'm, I just really focus on I am open. I am open to receiving what I need what will, is for my growth, what is for my bliss, and not what I think I want. Because, oh, we'll really get in our heads there. <laughs> sure will. Yeah. I love, love, love talking oh. about the unhealed parts of me and all of that in relationships. I think so many people can resonate with that. I have friends that have not been in relationships for years because they don't feel like they're healed enough or I can't, I know what relationships bring. And it's almost this fear of what it will trigger, but to turn around and look at it like, oh, this is a tool. Mm -hmm. And if you have two people that are willing to work together and reciprocate that, mm, yeah. yummy. Because we're meant to be connected. Yes. And even the amount of love we receive, our partner is only 15 to 30% of our emotional needs. This is by one of the top uh, relationship counselors that I worked in an office with up in Salt Lake. And I remember I was floored. I was like, what? I thought your partner is supposed to complete you and all this stuff. And she said, no, it's like 15% is great of your emotional needs. So think of the love that you feel for your partner. You should feel that times however many num numbers aren't my thing, five times, 10 times, 100 <laughs> yeah. times out in the world. And so, and that also holds to the expectation we have of our partners. If you're expecting your partner to fulfill 100% of your emotional needs, you will always be disappointed. Um, I don't want to be responsible for anybody's hundred percent. I'm like, no, I got stuff to do. We're here to bring more light in the world. Uh, you're going to have to give yourself a hug today. <laughs> like I can't do this for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so if you think about that, you know, that small 15%. So what is that? 85%. But if you think of all the love, the friendships, the family relationships, the work relationships that you have, you can receive so much love and a lot of those unhealed parts activated in other sources. So it doesn't mean yeah. that you're Romantic life is the only one that triggers it or activates the unhealed. It's allowing all of that to bring in healing from all the directions. So even the friends that are, you know, oh, I don't want to open that up. They're probably still getting activated even when you talk to them and call them out on stuff or when they see your joy in your relationships. They're like, oh, now I mm, I want to shrink in more and I feel kind of some bitterness and jealousy because why can't I have that? Why can't I be healed enough? How come it's easier for you than it is for me? And, and that's an activation of an unhealed part and go, oh. Go talk to Holly Hope. She can clear this. She has a drum. She'll hit you so hard with the drum that you will shake open and heal all of that. No, I'm not saying yes. I do that. Speaking of banging with drums. <laughs> Speaking of banging. What do you drums. think? You I was just going to say, I've been so scared of the drum. I wasn't until just recently. I've known you for years and years. And we've been to plenty of things where you've drummed. And it's it's been sound. What was it? Self-love club. The mm -hmm. recent self-love club. Moment, and then I really, I was like, oh, that's what, it, that's what she's been saying. <sighs> it like finally like kind of just like clicked in. <sighs> and I'm so I'm just like scratching the surface. But I've also been experiencing scalar energy over at HHT Wellness. And it's the same 
it's energy that's created with the drums, right? They have a bunch of beautiful drums there. So it just, it, uh, it gets me excited to explore the drum because I've been noticing the scalar energy and how it, how it affects me. And I can feel the, like the resonance or the frequency. Yeah, I'm more resonant with the, with the energy. I can feel the energy. Like I can go in there and I can uh, feel in my body, like where there's a little pinch in my hip or a little <sighs> pinch in my shoulder, or like I feel a little pressure in my head or my throat's activated or something. So I'm like, oh, I've gotten to the space where I can feel and see and like know like where the energy is and where it's getting caught up. Because I'm, I'm a dancer. So I'm all about moving that energy and emotion. It's a lot more than just being like, Wee! which people think that I am all the time, but it's so high. But no, it's 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 all the emotion. But it's being able to um, to feel where it is in there and then clear it, clear that energy through your body and I'm like, your skin's going fuchsia. It's like bright pink fuchsia. Yeah. Like you're this like morphine. This is what I do when I kind of, I know when I kind of drop in and I, Not I, get, physically, I, get, get, really, I get, I get really excited so I can feel the energy. And I'm like, whoa, she's shape-shifting over here. You're like, we're, we're going back to the words. Like, I don't know how to make the words, but I'm feeling something very strong. Don't right run, now. Holly. I know I'm turning into a pink Annoying something, around, but don't but run. Don't run away. No, but I just think it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I love what you do with the drums. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is now I can see. It's just like I feel to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And now putting that, making that connection, which makes your retreats, your classes, your the experience with you, it makes it that much more beautiful for me. And I love that because, it, you know, one of the big drums, when you get the really big drums, we call them thunder drums. Yeah. And I really love that because, you know, if you think of lightning, you see a flash of light and you're like, whoa, what's that? And then boom, 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 you have understanding. So where you mentioned like, oh, I feel to see. That's exactly like you have no idea how profound that is. And that's like exactly on point because it's a frequency Um, and that frequency. We're all frequency. We're all energy moving. And, you know, you you can tell when somebody's energy is off because you can feel the pins. You can feel that it's a distortion. Um, So a lot of times I think of it as like you're playing a nice little lullaby and somebody comes in with some screamo music. Now, I'm not saying screamo music is bad. It can move some energy. You can you can love whatever you love. I don't care. But if you were to play both simultaneously, it's like, oh, I don't like that. You can have two favorite songs and play both in conflict and it doesn't always sound good most of the time. And so when you have like a lullaby going and then you bring in the screamo music, it offers an energy distortion. But when inside your body you've been playing screamo music. And then finally, you're like, you know what? I really want a lullaby. Why do I get this? Why is it screaming at me? I really want a lullaby. Why is it screaming at me? And then somebody from the outside who holds a really loud sound system of that lullaby. Oh, here we come. We we got drums. We got bass. We've got all the people behind it. We've got the spirit of the animal that's with the drum when they're honored. And we're going to flood you with this lullaby. Your screamo music is so quiet that we get to be the loudest frequency. And then you're like, oh, there it is. And you jump in and start singing the lullaby instead. So that's kind of understanding how frequency and sound and those waves work is looking at it a little bit that way. It's yeah. like, oh, that's my jam. Wait, my shoulder hurts. Oh, it's it's screaming. It's playing scream on music. Okay, let's give it some soft nurturing. We'll let the sound wave come in and then it moves. And I once had, a, I was at a sound bath yoga class and um, at the end, she's she was introducing the sound and she said, sometimes if a sound plays during our sound bath, you might feel a pain in your body. And I recommend you just get up and step out. And I was like, no. Oh, it's painful. I'm running. No, Holly, don't run. Right. Don't run. And it's actually like, actually the sound will move it. If you recognize this pain, this uncomfortableness is something that's trying to move. Those cells are activated. So if you have a pain in your body, breathe to it. Maybe move your body. Maybe you need to get up and dance all of a sudden. That's less distracting than having somebody get out because it was too intense or too much. Because if you chose to show up to something where some type of healing was offered, most likely you're exactly where you're supposed to be because it's supposed to finally help you to face that and not retract and stop. And then that's how we get into disease and distortion and our body starts to literally decay is because we're no longer allowing ourselves to move what needs to be moved to look at the scary things like, you know, we all have things that we don't want to see. We all have things we've grown comfortable with and we think are part of who we are. But when you can have a frequency outside of that says, no, actually, this is what you've been calling in. Jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. Like, come play. That's right. And and that's what the drums illustrate on such a simple to understand level because it was our first experience as humans with sound. So we can understand it on even a non-vocal level. So a lot of what you feel, you won't be able to vocalize yeah. because there is no words because words are created by humans. Sound is 
created in our DNA and it's our life. So, yep. you know, go easy on yourself. I know. Yeah, that's I'm in that transition right now where it's happening to where I'm so much more in the present moment with that awareness of the energy that when I try to think about something, that's where I get caught up and I sound like, oh, 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 like I just see, that's did. when I purr. I'm just like, ah. yeah. and so I'm learning to find like, okay, what's my release? What's my, what, how do I MacGyver and just keep rolling through that, keep flowing through that. But I love how you, you put it like that about the energy because I love to look at it like the energy, be able to see the energy rather than it being a trigger. That's where my frustration has been is like, is the trigger word and the energy surrounding that is like people have to act a certain way or whatever. I just feel like so much energy goes towards triggers. And when you can realize that, hey, like you're saying, look at it differently than a trigger. And it's really just beautiful awareness of how do I need to move this energy for me. So thank you for putting it like that. All right. So we're coming back live. Our seven elements event, our very first presenter is actually going to be Holly Hope. So if you live in St. George or even Salt Lake or anywhere, we'd love for you to come join us on January 30th. And she's going to be live in person. And I'm excited to see the magic that she creates in that room. But speaking of magic and drums and sound and frequency and master of sacred sound herself here, I think that we should have her drum us out a little bit. A little drum meditation for us. Good. Yes. Mm. Oh. Yay. <laughs> meow, meow, That's meow, all I can meow. say. <laughs> well, and a lot of times when the words, you know, a lot of our pains that we hold, a lot the unhealed parts uh my drum's already drumming just by my voice that's really cool you can hear that uh, can you hear it yeah, i do oh i've never had that this is really good sound a lot of those parts she's like shut up and just drum me and i'm like no i want to explain <laughs> it's okay <laughs> but when we are tapping into a lot of that it's the non-vocal parts coming out that are trying to be healed, the allowing that expression to move. And so um, I'm going to drum. This is my fire drum. Mm -hmm. She's my personal drum. She usually actually doesn't even come to ceremony. But it's really funny. I was on a mountain and had her dangling over. And it was a definitely a deep journey, one of the deepest journeys I've ever done. And I'm like, I made this drum for somebody. Oh, I think it's me because it matches my hair. <laughs> and she's like my lightning drum. So it was the one that said she wanted to come. And she's got petrified wood for patience. So she's she's bringing in some patience, but also fiery patience. <laughs> so you can have fiery patience. Um, so it helps a lot if we connect in. And um, I do also recommend listening to this on either AirPods or in your car where you have a surround sound because you'll get more potent sound of the rings. She is a drum of activating your penile gland, your third eye, reminding you of your divine soul star essence, uh, direction, and lots of ether. So if you choose to connect in with that song that I'm playing, then you can have that experience. If you want to connect deeper, I recommend um, drumming your chest. So you just take your hand and you'll drum over your heart. Because this is your drum that exists in you. And all the drums that are drummed outside are to resonate with that drum that's inside of you. And so um, at any time, anytime you're feeling emotion and it's not moving, you can drum that chest. Call yourself home. Call yourselves to upgrade to what you want to be, not what you've experienced so far. Because every day we get to be different. So in this, I'm going to, I just feel called to do just some pure drumming. Um, so I'm not going to talk a lot, but I recommend you drum your chest. You take a moment, you breathe, you notice the sensations you're feeling in your body. You notice where your brain's going. What are you thinking about? That's probably something that needs to move. Um, even if it's like, this is so stupid. I can't believe I'm in my car drumming my chest. That's something to move. Like, oh, I can have sacred ceremony anywhere. I can move any emotion the minute I feel it. Oh, my mind's distracting me because it doesn't want to look at something, but I want to look at it. So allow yourself to have that journey and I'll be doing some breathing to remind you to breathe. So if you hear me huffing, it's not because it's a lot of work. It's like, that's your call to breathe.
Beautiful. To find Holly Hope, hollyhope.com and thebeautyofperspective.com. Thank you, Holly, for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Appreciate you. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Hey, we would love to connect with you. We believe that community and relationships are a vital element. And when you're doing the work, sometimes it can feel lonely. It doesn't have to be. You can join us on our Seven Elements of Wellness private Facebook group. This is a group where you'll get ideas, be able to ask questions, and find the support of a like-minded community. You can also find us on Instagram at Seven Elements of Wellness. This is where you'll find out about upcoming events, look for inspiration, motivational quotes, and a lot of shares. Make sure to check out our website at 7elementsofwellness.com. Here you can learn more about our mission and connect with our sponsors. You can purchase merchandise and get the latest on local and live streamed events. Are you guys down for a challenge? We got you covered. Head over to the website for all your challenge info, purchase a lifestyle kit, or download your free checklist. If you'd like to create your own seven elements of wellness community where you live, reach out to us. We'd love to help you get it started. The Seven Elements of Wellness podcast is created and produced entirely by volunteers who are passionate about sharing this message and assisting you on your journey to feel good more than you don't. If you would like to contribute to helping us continue to bring amazing content through this podcast and community events, we would love your support. You can find us on Venmo under our business account at Life Integrated. Any donation is so greatly appreciated and we thank you so much.